0: Um, So our reading is from uh, Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, which is on page 1027 of the Church Bibles. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, So as Tim said at the beginning of our service, today is the second in the Advent series where we're looking at the names of Jesus and what they tell us about the child whose birth we celebrate at Christmas. Last week, we gave each household an Advent candle. I don't know whether the people have been lighting their candles at home. We keep lighting it and then forgetting to put it out, so <laughs> it's been going, you know, going down a bit faster. But the candle had 25 of the names given to Jesus on it. But the Bible actually contains over 198 names and titles for Jesus. And as John reminded us last week, we have so many names for Jesus because no single name is sufficient to fully describe his identity and character. So this week we're focusing on Jesus as Saviour. Names matter. And the idea of God as Saviour is at the very root of the name jesus so i'm just going to pray before we start father god as we journey together through this advent season open our hearts and minds to see that you alone are the one who saves amen well most of us really do love a good hero who can sweep in and save people from danger You can see it reflected in the huge popularity of superhero films featuring individuals like Spider-Man, Black Panther, or perhaps even Wonder Woman, or superhero teams like The Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy. We also really connect with media reports of real-life heroes. After the recent attack on a street in Dublin, the young teaching assistant and a passing delivery driver were praised for their courageous and life-saving actions. They put themselves in danger to step in and save young children from serious injury or death. But however courageous and amazing their actions were, they only saved a small number of people in a specific place at a particular time. In Jesus, we have a saviour who rescues and redeems everyone for all times. Early in the book of Acts, which we, we read earlier this year, Peter stood before the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law and declared that Jesus alone has the power to heal, restore, and save. In Acts 4, and verse 12, we read, "'Salvation is found in no one else.'" for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So where does this idea of a saviour come from? Well, calling Jesus saviour is central to God's plan for all humanity. After all, he sent not one, but two angels to tell us. Firstly, an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. We can read that in Matthew chapter 1 and verses 20 and 21. The angel tells him the astonishing news that not only is his fiancée Mary going to give birth to a son, but that this child has a divine destiny. He is to be given the name Jesus. The Hebrew root of this name means the Lord saves. As the angel explains to Joseph, you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then second appearance we saw in our reading from Luke 2, an angel appears to lowly shepherds out watching their flocks in the fields at night with an equally astounding and unexpected message that today in the town of David a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. It's a message given twice by God's angels we do need to take note. The Gospel writers are making it clear that God's promises to Israel are coming to fulfilment through this baby Jesus. God is going to come to earth and save the world, but he is arriving in an unexpected and surprising way. You can view the whole of the Old Testament as a story of God's saving and redeeming actions to restore his relationship with humanity through his people, Israel. There are not many references in the Old Testament specifically to God as savior, but there are numerous examples of God hearing his people's cry for help and sending individuals to save them and deliver them from danger. Just one example is Moses' encounter with God in the burning bush in Exodus Exodus chapter three Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Just one example there in Moses, but repeatedly in the Old Testament, God sends a savior to deliver his people. They were priests, kings, Judges, leaders, the great men of the biblical narrative, Moses, Joshua, David, Solomon. And alongside them, sending a message through prophets like Elijah, Isaiah and Jeremiah. They led Israel to new lands, defeated enemies, won battles, reorientated God's people away from worshipping other gods and from following wrong paths and back to trusting God's promises to rescue redeem and deliver. But ultimately, none of these individuals had the power themselves to save God's people from their sinful ways. The majority of the references that we see to God as saviour are found in the book of Psalms and Isaiah. The ones in the Psalms particularly focus on trusting that God will save when we call on his name Psalm 25, we read, "'Guide me in your truth and teach me, "'for you are God my Saviour, "'and my hope is in you all day long.'" In Isaiah 43, there's his famous comforting words, "'When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, "'and when you pass through the rivers, "'they will not sweep over you. "'When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned.'" The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. But it doesn't stop there with just a reminder of the promises and God's faithfulness. In the book of Isaiah, we also have a promise from God that he will send a new Saviour to dwell with us on earth. One who won't just save a small number of people, in a specific place at a particular time, but a saviour who will bring salvation to all people and to the ends of the earth. But this isn't the type of saviour that many were expecting. In Isaiah 53, this is the Living Bible Translation, it says, Who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? Continuing our image of superheroes as saviors, one Christian writer describes the birth of Jesus as this. It's Superman in reverse. For while Clark Kent goes into his phone box to emerge infinitely stronger and more powerful as Superman, God, the infinite, the eternal, the all-powerful, arrived to dwell with us in the form of a helpless babe. He became weak to show us his love and ultimately his greatest power as our savior. God has come to save the world and he is sending the best he has, his one and only son, Jesus, fully human and fully God. So why do we need a savior? God sent Jesus to be our saviour, not only to save us from something, the consequences of our rebellion, our wrong choices and going our own way that led us away from God, but also to save us for something, for an eternal relationship with God, our loving Father. Every one of us is made in God's image. Whether we acknowledge that or not, And every one of us is made to be in relationship with God, our maker and sustainer, and to bring him glory. Our God is a mighty, powerful and holy God who embodies justice and righteousness. As John highlighted last week when we were looking at Jesus as Lord, humans have made a terrible mess of this world. Our earthly rulers are disappointing and too many fail to rule with justice and mercy. We may not all be in positions of power and leadership, but we do all fall short of what what God requires from us, that we would act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. God is a gracious saviour, abounding in steadfast love. In Exodus 34, we read, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. But then it continues. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. There are consequences for our rebellion our choice is to go our own way and not God's way. We can't get rid of this sin on our own. We do need a saviour to rescue us from certain death. When the angels appeared to the shepherds back in Luke 2, they said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. It is the greatest news God has come to save us. Jesus doesn't stay in the manger as a helpless babe. He grows into a man who displays God's glory to all he encounters. He lives a life on earth that embodies God's character, acting justly, loving mercy, walking humbly. In surrendering to death on a cross, he pays the price for our sin and our disobedience. He wipes the slates clean and restores our relationship with God. In his resurrection he overcame death and establishes his kingdom and he will come back to remove evil from the world completely. Jesus our Saviour has come to save all people in all the world for all time. We have a promise from God that all those who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. I'm just going to return to those words of Peter's in Acts chapter 4. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It's a great reminder to me that when I pursue security, worth, identity, significance, or even love in something or someone other than God himself, I am turning my back on his overwhelming love for me and forgetting that Jesus alone is the only one who can truly save. Perhaps a a challenge for this morning, where are you putting your hope for the future? Is it in something or someone other than Jesus? If you have never put your faith in Jesus and called on his name to save you, we'd love to pray with you today. Do come and find me or Tim at the end of the service. It is never too late. Jesus is still the saviour of all people in all places for all time, and that includes each one of us here this morning. We're shortly going to to gather together for communion and remember all that Jesus did for us in his saving actions on the cross. And I would just want to encourage you that as you put your hands out to receive bread and wine, or maybe just receiving a blessing this morning, why not say a simple prayer and acknowledge all that Jesus has done for you? Why not stand before him and say, Jesus, I recognize, that you alone are my saviour. Amen.